Danny. Danny, thank you so much for having me back. And it's a joy to be back. And I believe you put a spell, a good spell, uh, on the journey of Boy Swallows Universe about two years ago. And um, I've never, ever forgotten uh, how kind and generous you were to have me on early on um, when Trent Dalton and the world of uh, literary fiction were, were pretty strange to each other. And uh, I was very touched that you took the time of day and I'm, and it's so cool that you took the time of day again. I feel like I'm part of the Words and Nerds family. You guys are so amazing and lovely and such a family of amazing literary lovers and creators and people who advocate. Oh, thanks so much for your questions engaging with the novel and for everything you're doing. I know the podcast is hugely, hugely loved, so um, you're a gem. I think it's awesome the work that you do you know, we're out there in this pool of, of like how many writers there are in this country and we're all trying to get our book to the surface. Podcasts like this enable us to do that and also to talk about our craft. Danny, you're a gift from heaven. I love that you're such a great supporter and advocate for not only kids' books but adult novels too. I love your interviews across the board. Kudos to you, Danny, for, uh, for getting everyone to relax so much that they open up and tell you such interesting things for the benefit of your listeners. So, well <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Yeah, well done. That's so true. Oh my gosh, I just told you all these things that I've never talked about before. I could never edit that bit out. I could do this. And I was just so comfortable that I was like, I'm all this stuff. It's a special knack. Who wouldn't want to celebrate this fabulous podcast? to the Words and Nerds podcast on this podcast. We chat about books, the writing process and how literature has the power to change the world. Today I am at Words on the Waves Writers Festival and you will not believe who I've run into. The magnificent Anna Downs and the spectacular Solari Gentle and we're here, we're just going to have a chat. We actually have no agenda and no questions. No, no. <laughs> just here for a nice time. Yeah, yeah. Just here for the crack. So your session coming up is called Better the Devil You Know. Yes. You can hear some drilling behind us now, the ocean, before I had a dog attack. So <laughs> this was good. It's very crimey. Dramatic. Very crimey. It's very yeah. dramatic. So Lovely. who knows? But we'll just be prepared for anything. So what do you think your session's going to be about? With Candace Fox is joining you. Yeah. Uh, Suzanne Leal is going to moderate. Better the Devil You Know. Let's just speculate. What do you think? I reckon, I reckon there might be a little bit, she might do a bit of um, write what you know kind of thing. You know, me oh. and you and Candice, we're all from quite different backgrounds yeah. and we've come to writing mm. through different avenues. She might be asking us a little bit about like that. that. Well, tell me Could where be. you're writing from. Oh, oh gosh. Um, well, I, oh, I'm... My debut came out last year, The Safe Place. Mm, um, which we loved. And that, well, thank you. That was my first attempt at a book. Um, I hadn't written anything before that, but I was an actor for a long time. And I studied um, acting at the University of Manchester, sorry, no, drama, that was an academic degree, and then studied acting at the Royal oh. Academy of Dramatic Art. So in a way, you know, I studied storytelling for as long as some people study to be doctors. <laughs> you know, Just I'm... call me Dr. Downs. Um... Oh, oh, <laughs> sorry, uh, introducing Dr. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I always tell people who are wanting to learn how to di write dialogue that they should go and take an acting class. Yeah. Because there is nothing in the world better for learning timing and how dialogue works than actually being on stage. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. that character development mm. too, that must play a part. Yeah. Yeah, and 
I mean, that's a large part of what acting training is all about, is um, developing those skills, helping you best uh, place yourself you know, inhabit a character um, and explore what that character's all about. Um, most often with acting, it's it's physical, but I remember we did have a few classes where we had this amazing teacher called Lloyd Trott who used to uh, get us to write uh, an imagined monologue from the point of view of a character in a play, so like, you know, offstage action, and then you would deliver that monologue that you had written, but from the point, you know, like after you had studied this play and this character for a long time and he was like I'd really encourage you to do that with all of your characters you know whenever you're doing any work well I mean now I I I, that's what I do like I write um uh, those uh, monologues but when, but of my imagined you, characters. When you were on the EastEnders, did you write a monologue? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> I was in the green room going, um, <laughs> this is my imagined monologue for Karen from the brewery. Uh, Karen's very concerned about the stock in the club right now. And uh, no, I, I definitely <laughs> wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, definitely didn't do that. But, uh, you know, it was, it was, um, that it does help with that. And so I do feel feel like even though uh, I'm very much still developing my skill as a writer and I've got so much more still to learn I think there are some areas in which I probably am a bit of an expert uh, if that doesn't sound too arrogant like there, there are yeah certain Look, things <laughs> I am an expert <laughs> Dr. Dale get your t-shirt Anna I am an expert oh my god can you please cut that bit absolutely not too funny oh no Solari where are you what place are you writing from oh I just make stuff up to be honest that's in your Twitter bio <laughs> it's it's not it's it doesn't have any rhyme or reason i think um humans are a storytelling species it's how we understand the world we put uh we put things into the context of stories whether they be fairy tales or just even accounts of what we did that day um that's how we communicate with each other it's how we understand the world so i i think it's kind of a natural progression for me um i was a lawyer and that's probably a really good place to learn to write fiction. <laughs> you do get a lot of lawyers that, that become yeah, writers, yeah, though, don't you? I know. It is, it is I, a well, well, no, my theory, the, the reason for that is that the law takes, because to get into law you have to have certain grades, so it takes fairly intelligent and creative people and then it tries to crush that creativity. <laughs> wow. <And> so, <laughs> Stunning. So, so almost every lawyer I know has a manuscript or a paintbrush or a film script in their bottom to drawer. Keep, oh, wow. To keep themselves centred to not being crushed. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just the, yeah, there's a way to save themselves. And, you know, it's, it's also the escape hatch. They're all looking to get out. I did a, I did a festival in, a Sydney Writers Festival years ago. And I was appearing with Sharmini Flint, who's also a lawyer. It was a session called Once Were Lawyers. And we didn't expect a lot of people to come, but there must have been 500 people packed oh into God. that wow. hall. And they were, every lawyer in Sydney had turned up <laughs> looking for the formula on how to get out. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. That's brilliant. That's a novel right there. <laughs> <laughs> crime it up here. Yeah, crime it up. Chuck a body in there. Yeah, oh, well, look at that many lawyers in the one room. There's bound to be a body. 
See, this is why the unscripted interviews are the best. We are too. Now, I'm just going to give listeners an insight. We are too hilarious. We are too hilarious. We're actually talking um, over mindfulness. Over mindfulness. The mindfulness session is happening right now. Crime fiction in Australia, particularly with women writers, has just been incredibly received. Everybody loves it. Tell me why. What are your thoughts, Anna? Dr. Anna? Dr. Anna. Dr. Downs. Um, Share your expertise. (laughs) (laughs) Never living this down. Okay. uh, Why do I think that women crime writers... God, I don't have a prepared answer for that. Um, Maybe it's because... Uh, maybe it's because we're living in a cultural space right now where our voices are being more heard Mm. maybe that's why and that would be um that's a nice way to think of it i hope that's the case um i guess crime has been in the past traditionally dominated um by white male voices in a lot of ways and i think maybe I know for a fact like I've been reading a lot of articles lately you know there's the the kind of the rise of the mummy thriller and um, you know parenthood and motherhood is huge in uh, in the thriller genre right now and I do think that is because um, our voices are not only being heard but we're also getting braver about speaking um, our own narratives and our own stories we don't feel as embarrassed um, talking about our mental health and our our struggles and we're finding that the more we talk about it the more other women come out of the woodwork and go yeah that's exactly how I've been feeling so there's a kind of a sense of solidarity in that you know the the, that I think mental health is having a huge moment in crime and thriller at the moment and you know potentially that's why you know we've we've got quite a lot to say about that um I don't I don't know otherwise so Larry what do you think I think we're probably just taking our natural place as the deadlier of the species. 100%. Good soundbite. I am just learning a lot from this woman today. Don't laugh too loudly, we get in trouble again. Yeah. We're deadly, but we're not allowed to laugh. That's right. Deadly but quiet. Deadly but quiet. I think as well as a reader, like you want to see yourself reflected in there a little bit. You know, I know when I read narratives about... Um, you know, like you're saying, mental health is you can resonate with you. You know, yeah. and you think, oh, finally, I found myself in these narratives, rather than just reading what we previously had yep. in crime. Yep. Yeah, look, I, I think it's. I mean, it's a combination of a lot of things. It's it's like with anything. There's never ever one reason why something rides rises to the top of the hill. I think women are are taking their natural place. Uh, I think for a long time, women's voices in literature have been secondary to the voices of men and so now that we're claiming an equal place it sounds like we're there everywhere Mm. Uh, but it's only just that we're stepping up to take 50 percent yes um and so yeah and as anna said there's things that are part of the domestic sphere that were uh, denigrated and ignored because they were considered to be part of a woman's world and not of and, any interest and worthless in, yeah just and worthless and not interesting like very embarrassing yeah. yeah and 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 suddenly people are realizing that things like parenthood for one is is the place where passion is just below the surface of yeah. everything you know whether it be desperation or, or yeah. fear or love or hate and that 
that sort of sits well with a crime novel. Yeah, and, and also it lends itself really nicely, I think, to the current climate because... Um, well, yeah, no, what I mean is that there's, you know, with early motherhood particularly, you've got a lot of women indoors yes. um, in their own quiet, dark spaces kind of losing their minds a little bit. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. And thinking about killing people. Well, hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully thinking not. not doing it? No, no, no. <laughs> no, well, see, this is, this is the thing. We don't do, we think of imaginative and creative ways to do it uh but and and learning a lot of dark things about solari i know very eye-opening <laughs> um no one thing that um uh my publisher said to me while i was writing the safe place he, he you know I, I wrote the safe place uh, when my uh, second born was eight months old and um or i started writing it at that point anyway and you know a lot of people were saying wow that's that's kind of an extraordinary time to be writing a book but for me and this is what my publisher said he said he was like you know that the sleep deprived mm. mind of of a new mother is actually such fertile ground um for imagination and you know because i mean you do spend a lot of time in the dark shushing yeah, your baby and breastfeeding your baby but you're also um your, your mind is kind of running wild anyway your hormones are just off the chops and um yeah, for me, looking back on it, I was like, actually, that was the perfect time to yeah. write something. So, talk about that too. So yeah, sorry so. about postnatal anxiety and depression and how that was. It used to be something we didn't talk about, yeah. you know, and now yeah. it is something we very much talk about and should talk about. Yeah. Because when you're in it, you feel very alone and you feel like, you know, what is happening to my brain and my body? And the more you hear other people's experiences about it, you think it's okay. Yeah. This is a normal part of, you know, the post-birth situation and there, there'll be ways through this. Absolutely. And it also lends itself really nicely to the crime thriller genre um, because particularly with thrillers, you know the protagonist is more often than not um, isolated mm. in some way mm. and trying to get out of a per, you know tricky or dangerous yeah. situation yeah. and that isolation is um, yeah it, it's a wonderful literary device you'll find it in most thrillers and uh, yeah feeds feeds um, I think early motherhood feeds really nicely into that yeah and it's probably no coincidence that a lot of writers start uh, writing seriously or female writers start writing seriously when their children are small mm. I did mm. um, I think also there is something to be said for the fact that um, crime fiction particularly in Australia is often about something else and women have through many generations known how to approach things obliquely mm -hmm. to have those conversations without confrontation without uh, going directly in and so the crime genre is a way of having conversations about issues of justice or oppression or um, a failure of society without directly delivering a polemic. Um, we write a murder and we talk about racial injustice or you know we we write a, a thriller and but what we're actually talking about may be uh, domestic violence mm -hmm. um, so I think that's why we're seeing women finding their voice in crime fiction particularly because we have known for generations that sometimes the best way to approach a subject is diagonally well said. Well said. Seriously, we've had the biggest laughs and we've had the biggest insight. <laughs> She's very wise. <laughs> I'm like a sage. You are. I'm not an expert, I'm a sage. <laughs> the, doctor the doctor and the sage. The doctor, that's what I'm going to call this episode. <laughs> the doctor and the sage. Yeah. It's fair. 
Now, we're at a festival. What do you love about festivals? Writing festivals, now that they're back, 2020, we miss them. Right? Oh, they're play dates for writers. You know, we are, <laughs> we, we are forced into this, well, we live in this very solitary world of writing. It's quite isolated in a lot of ways. And then the festivals allow us to connect with each other. And it's like this explosion of creativity. Ideas bounce of other writers and so it's lovely to speak to readers and to do the panels and so on but what I love the most is connecting with my colleagues yeah and talking and finding out what everybody else is doing and I always walk away from festivals with a thousand more ideas <laughs> yeah I mean I, I'm pretty new to this whole thing and obviously my, with my book coming out last year um, this is only I think my second or my third in-person panel wow. I've, I've done them all digitally and for me it's it, there's nothing like that live energy in a room nothing like it at all like the digital events have been incredible and they've been a wonderful stopgap but you can't replace that live energy in a room and and the other thing is that because I'm so new to it as a writer um, I'm still attending festivals as a reader like I'm I'm still and as as you know somebody that wants to learn so I you know I was a festival um, addict before I was published and I would just book everything and go to everything and sit there and just absorb, absorb people's ideas and processes. And it's if you are an emerging writer, or if you're an aspiring writer, or even any anyone that even has any kind of artistic inclination, creative inclination, these festivals are invaluable just to be in the same room as like minds and other people you can literally absorb it you you know you come away feeling inspired and energized and again i mean there really is nothing like being close to your favorite authors solari cozying up to you right now <laughs> but there isn't you know particularly when you're when you're um aspiring there's a um, sense of community yeah. at festivals yeah so it, it's it's a funny thought sort of thing because what we do is so individual and so separate and so in our own bubbles but when you you gather writers in a room something happens and there is a real sense of community oh, yeah. and solidarity and understanding that we don't usually get because we're in our yeah, little we're, rooms. We're, in our, we're sitting at home <laughs> like little with, golems in with, our caves with our pots of coffee <laughs> <laughs> tap tap tapping <laughs> yeah in our pajamas there are people out there <laughs> exactly yeah. it's lovely it's a lovely realization <laughs> you're real look at you there yeah you are. and it's a chance to get dressed get out of that those pajamas in <laughs> <laughs> the world yeah it's a chance <laughs> Uh, chance to get dressed. <laughs> Soundbite. You, you don't want to do it too often, though. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of times you top. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, pajamas. Yeah. It's just not worth it. <laughs> Meeting you guys, I feel like I actually have known you for years. Yeah. Strangely enough. Yeah. And we've just met face to face about. Well, we've got in trouble together. We have got in trouble. Yeah. We're being very loud. <laughs> we need to take this to the pub, ladies. Yes. <laughs> now. <laughs> that we have a session on in 15 minutes, Anna. <laughs> It'll be fine. We've actually got a session in, in 20 minutes. We do. Let you get focused and things. But um, yeah. what are you up to next? Talk about your new book. Uh, new book, The Shadow House, oh, is I'm out excited. with a firm press on September 28th. Um, I'm really excited about it. It's been um, a very, very different process to writing The Safe Place, and I'm sure Danny will talk about that at some point, I hope. Um, Definitely. But, um, yeah, it, it, I'm kind I'm, I'm kind of in a place at the moment where I'm just amazed that there is even a book um, coming coming out like I, I I'm 
I'm amazed that that we've managed to pull it off. Um, but yeah, I'm really proud of it. I'm really excited about it. And um, yeah, hopefully everybody will like it. Oh, well, we can't wait for it. And uh, we should lock in a face-to-face interview in September. That would be great. That would be wonderful. We'll have pub noise. Yes, wonderful. <laughs> pub noise. A schnitzel. I'm always up for a good schnitzel. A schnitty. Woo! <laughs> 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 Sorry. You're the master of like 10 walks in the one series. <laughs> Absolute master. What's next for you? A rest? A lay down? No, no, no. Pajama riding? I'm <laughs> always the pajama riding. Always. Uh, <laughs> how else would one write other than in pajamas? Um, I, I have a new book coming out, uh, The Woman in the Library in May. Uh, so that's a that's a fairly long lead, but it's coming out in the US. I'm not sure who will be bringing it out in Australia, but I hope someone will. Um, but that's all very exciting, and it's it's new, it's contemporary, it's not a Roland Sinclair. Fantastic, a standalone. Yeah, and, I, and I'm writing book 11. Wow, um, you're a machine. Ah, oh, no, I just need something to keep me off the streets, really. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to mention before you go, when we were doing that live stream and you were in the bookshop, I just loved how we were all you know, live streaming and everyone just kept going, Solari, we don't care that you're live streaming. We need to talk to you and you need to sign our book. This is Wagga Wagga. <laughs> the people of Wagga Wagga. Wagga Wagga does not care about the live stream. And you know, I love that about people. Yeah. It's a real outlier yeah. sort of rebellion thing. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, and they... <laughs> Look, their parking is going to be up in 10 minutes. They can't wait for me to finish a live stream. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I really admire that, you yeah. Wagga Wagga. So I really enjoy that part of the live stream. <laughs> it showed how truly popular you were. Such a joy. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me at this festival. I'm going to let you go so you can actually do your session. Otherwise, we'll get into more trouble. But this yeah. festival has been wonderful. We've just laughed a yeah. little bit too loud. We have. Sorry, mindfulness panel. Crime people. So funny. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you so you. much for having thank us, you, Danny. Danny. Bye.